0: Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio, and now here's your host, Brian K. Wright.
1: Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this is going to be a lot of fun. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every single week. I was talking with a friend recently about the idea of owning your awesomeness. We all have unique strengths and abilities that make us special people. Sometimes it can be very difficult to see how this is true, and sometimes we just need to be reminded. I believe all of us are gifted and talented, and our job is to discover what that is. Some people are fortunate enough to figure that out very early in life. Tiger Woods was given a golf club by his dad when he was three years old. And through his God-given talent and a lot of practice, he became the best in the world in his generation. Some people figure it out quite late in life. Colonel Sanders didn't start his chicken franchise until he had retired. Sadly enough, many people never really figure it out at all. They drifted and they let life take them wherever it wants to. And then they wonder why they haven't accomplished anything significant. It's up to you to figure out what you want and where you plan on going. No matter who you are or where you are, you are enough. Discover and use the talents you have. And whatever you aren't good at, ask for help. Everything that is needed to accomplish your big dream is available to you. And it's just a matter of finding it. You'll be amazed at what help is available to you if you only ask for it. Nobody's meant to do it all by themselves. So embrace how wonderfully and abundantly blessed you really are. You are worth it. And with all that in mind, I do want to introduce my guest. But if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please do that. Leave a review. That would mean a lot. My guest this week is Adam Schaefer. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Adam is a pioneer in technology e-commerce with over 30 years of experience at industry-leading companies. Previously, he was PCM's Executive Vice President of Brand and Product and Partner Marketing. He is a veteran of the IT industry and has held several senior positions, including EVP of Worldwide Marketing and Operations at MicroWarehouse. He was the VP of Brand Development for Dennis Publishing, Maxim Magazine, and was the CEO for eCost.com, where he was responsible for its successful spinoff. We have a lot to unravel today, and here we are with my guest, Adam Schaefer. Adam, how are you today? Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, uh, Brian, I'm doing great. I'm actually feeling a little bit better. I was under the weather, but I'm thrilled to be here and very
1: motivating opening. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So the first question I usually ask is, did you envision way back when that you would be where you are right now? No,
2: I mean, I I didn't. Um, I imagine there are those that do, but um, it's interesting. I always used to want to play shortstop for the Mets and that, was probably never going to work out. But so that was kind of my dream. And, um, you know, as you go to school and start figuring things out, you meet people and network and you you kind of find the things that you don't like and you find the things that turn you on and get your passion going. So uh, that's kind of my route was like banging into it and finally finding out what I really loved.
1: That's absolutely fantastic. So since you did not become a baseball player, tell us about the path that got you from where you started to where you are now. It's a great story. I mean, I've always
2: been a worker. I love to work. I mean, you know, and and I'm a little probably older than some of the folks, although maybe not. I've heard some of the stories from some folks around my age. But, um, you know, uh when i When I was like fourteen years old or thirteen years old, you know, we had the traditional paper routes and shovel snow and all this stuff that I think a lot of kids did back then but um you, you know there was this big issue, and it was the gas shortage i think it was like nineteen seventy nine apologies yep. for being so uh far in the past, but it was when they had odd and even license plate days and um, my friend and I said, wow, look at all these cars waiting up online. Let's go and um, see if we can make some money from this so we could pay and have some fun um, after hours. So we went up and took all the food from our family's houses and actually bought some from the supermarkets and walked up and down these long lines that were an hour plus long and sold food every single morning and coffee. And we were, um, you know, hits at that gas station. And, and so from there, it's like, this is so cool. We can have our own business and just get things going. So that was, that was then. And I kind of had the bug. It's kind of fun to work. People enjoy what you do and they pay you for it. And, and then while going to college, so, uh, add a few years. Uh, a professor of mine said, "You know, computers are really interesting. The IT industry is going to be bigger than you ever dreamed." And I know these people are looking for some help um, to with with their new computer company. They're selling brands, other people's brands, like IBM, and at the time it was called Lotus One Two Three and mm-hmm. um, DBase to business customers. And I say, wow! I don't know anything about that, but I'd love to find out more. And I went and somehow got a job and um, started selling computer products. Um, and and how we sold them was interesting. It was called um, magazine direct marketing. There was, was a computer magazine called PC Magazine, yep. and we would have a bunch of line listings with the names of products and prices. And people would call us up on the phone and order. And it was incredibly incredibly successful and uh, it was kind of the start of the you know selling computers uh, through direct marketing um, kind of took off and that's where I got my start
1: I love that what would you say was your rock bottom or defining moment as you review your journey
2: my rock bottom moment was um, I you know I never really think about that because I can't remember but there's probably been a few oh my, this really sucks kind of moment. Sorry about mm-hmm. that. But, um, you know, I think when I was going to school, um, I never, ever, ever wanted to struggle for money and struggle to take care of my family. And I knew I I needed to do something, but I just couldn't bear the thought of doing something I hated. And I've done construction and, it, it, uh, it, and I talked about a bunch of other manual labor type of uh, projects that I worked on But when I found direct marketing and marketing in general, I said, wow, you could make money, find out the results of what people like almost immediately and now even more so. And so my rock bottom moment was not knowing what I wanted and thinking that I'm going to be stuck in this horrible life forever of being miserable and unhappy. But boom, it happened. And I found the thing that really turned me on. So I don't know if it's like, you know, that horrible for some, I'm sure people have had other bad moments,
1: but that was pretty bad for me. Yeah. For someone who craves clarity, it can be really disorienting to not have any idea where you, where you want to go or even worse, how to get there. Once you figure it out, I can certainly understand that. So Adam, why did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Has this always been something that you've dreamt about?
2: You know, running your own business, but it wasn't always being an
1: entrepreneur. It was being an
2: entrepreneur sometimes within a larger company. Yeah. So trying to figure out how to navigate companies and become successful there, I mean, maybe they call it an um, I, I think is the proper uh, terminology for it. But whether it was a small startup or a large company, it was always being creative and trying to figure out what worked. And, you know, with marketing, most things don't work. And so you have to be able to deal with, you know, the 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 things that don't work and get on to the things that do work. And, and you, you get good at that after a while. You realize, you know, you're allowed to make a mistake. You're allowed to be wrong, but you will figure it out. And you'll get to the point where 2% of the people will love me. And that's a high enough conversion rate to make money on something and to be successful.
1: That's wonderful. Was your family supportive of your decision to go out on your own when you finally did? <laughs>
2: I wish um, I don't think they ever still. I don't think I could explain to my mother what I do. I I I've always struggled with that. Um, I, I don't even think uh, they ever really understood it. I think all it was in our family is, are you working? Uh, do, you know, do you have a good job? That's great. You know, that's all that matter, but I don't think they really understood it. And, and I would have loved for them to, to understand it. Maybe it was my fault, but um, they couldn't. They couldn't grasp
1: it. Yeah. How do you know when it's time to pivot from what you're doing to something completely different?
2: Well, let's say in the same industry, sometimes you gotta change. In fact, things change faster and faster than ever before. And think about what we were doing. We started in magazines with line listings of Lotus 123 and customers calling us on the phone to then sending catalogs in the mail. And we, we there was a company that I started working for called Mac Warehouse. And if you ever owned a Apple computer in the 90s, you probably knew us. We mailed about five or six million catalogs a month selling computer products and people would call on the phone. And then what's this thing called the internet? And that's where they don't really call you on the phone. They call you online and they place orders there. And, and so we had to figure out how to pivot from this kind of cash cow money-making business that we had of direct mail catalogs selling computer IT products to building our own e-commerce internet site and emulating that and making it a better experience online. And nobody wanted to do that. We would have loved for it to go away because it was a lot of hard work to figure it out. And it was, you know, big investment to do it in fact the first internet we had where people could place orders online order would come into our internet system and then we'd have to print it out and give it to an order entry person to enter it into our mainframe system so you know that um times change and you got to change with them fast and right now the same is going on and every week there's something new that you need to know
1: absolutely what would you say your big mission is uh,
2: you know it changes as you get older and Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mission still is, you know, to take care of my family and see my kids grow up and be super happy. They make me laugh. Um, they, they're everything. But, um, the, you know, at the same time, feeling satisfied with what I'm doing and helping others, you know, build a business together, I think, is, is a big thing. So it's my own personal feeling good about being successful and growing, but then also bringing new people in and helping them learn and maybe get some help that i didn't get along the way
1: that's fantastic and as we wind up this segment how is how important is it for you to believe in yourself
2: i'm still (laughs) i'm still trying to get there man so you know i it's really important to believe in yourself and a lot of times you grow up with a bunch of others that are around you and you start to think maybe you're a fraud but you, you know you're not and you gotta you gotta get used to understanding that 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 you got to push that feeling away and go forward and and you got to struggle with that.
1: Fantastic. We're coming up against our first break. This is success profiles radio. We will be right back after the break.
0: The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's words you
3: never heard. Did you hear about the hound dog that participated in a 13-mile race in Elkmont, Alabama? According to Runner's World, the two-and-a-half-year-old hound dog named Ludivine was just horb-gorbling in her backyard when she heard the runners lining up for the trackless train track half marathon in the distance. Somehow, she found her way to the starting line and began sprinting alongside the other runners. According to Keith Henry, the winner of the race, Ludivine cut in front of him and the other runners several times. They had to be careful not to trip over the pooch. As it turned out, Ludovine crossed the finish line in 7th place with a time of 1 hour and 33 minutes. According to her owner, that was a pretty impressive showing for a normally scabberlatcher dog. Scabberlatcher is another word for lazy.
1: It's
3: I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
1: Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Adam Schaefer. And we're going to be talking in this next segment about his company, Omnichannel Distribution, and what they do. But if you have not gotten my latest book, it's called The Greatest Lessons I Learned from My Dad. I've done previous episodes where I've talked about this for a while. And the motivation and the inspiration from this is when my dad passed last year in February. I wanted to have a record of the things I learned from him. And so myself and 28 other contributors – shared our dad stories and that book is available on amazon it's still selling very well once again that book is called the greatest lessons i learned from my dad so go ahead and get that on amazon today i would really appreciate it if you did so here we are with adam so adam uh, let me ask you first of all how has failure impacted your career wow
2: so uh i um, it's part of it's part of your career i mean Mm-hmm. as a marketer m- most things don't always work mm-hmm. uh y- you know and, and you got to strive until you get it right strive until you figure out what turns people on and gets them to want to purchase and understanding what their needs are so failure is a way of getting to the answer mm-hmm. um so i hate it but you know and it makes me feel bad about myself and get you down and then you go out and you try and solve it the next day so
1: it's it's the, it's probably the only way you're going to get to success. Sure. So your current company is Omnichannel Distribution. Tell us exactly what it is that, that you do.
2: Well, Omnichannel
1: Distribution
2: is a company that helps brands or manufacturers, could be in any product category, sell their products through e-commerce and and mostly amazon because it's the largest and we help them not only sell the products and protect their brands and we help them navigate a very complicated uh world that is always changing on amazon and and so you know this year we'll do close to 70 million dollars on amazon uh and uh you know with our business and we're forecasting to do about a hundred million dollars next year so it's growing quickly but our vision is to be a billion dollar business um before 2030 and um you know and I'm certain we're going to get there because you know we we see how fast things are growing and we understand that there's definitely a need and a problem in the industry that brands need help
1: fantastic so how exactly did you get started in this
2: well as i mentioned earlier i you know been in the the um IT direct marketing uh, business, uh, then the internet e-commerce business, and then a a few other things in between. But really, um, the acceleration of direct marketing led to the acceleration of online and e-commerce selling. And when Amazon came on the market, you know, it was like a book um, seller. And, And for us selling IT products with very high average order values, it was kind of, okay, like, you know, no big deal. But within a few years, it became a major powerhouse that we all tried to hide for, from and say, no, 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 it's not real. They are allowed to lose money. We're not allowed to lose money. And, and ultimately, you know, you realize that that is the way to go. Well, you know, fast forward, Amazon is really the way to go today. You have companies that are selling direct to consumer online with their Shopify or big commerce sites and it costs us millions of dollars and you know, the nineties now you could pop up with, uh, put your credit card in and it's, you know, a few dollars a month to get things going. And on Amazon, it's the, the largest marketplace. Um, and you don't need to try to figure out how to get the traffic to come to you. It's there. You gotta get the traffic to find you and stand out and represent your brand properly. And and what's amazing about it is that Amazon provides the greatest customer service for end users to feel comfortable about buying products from them. And so there's this risk-free feeling about it. And especially with the acceleration of COVID, you know, this is a marketplace that's over five you know, about five hundred five hundred plus billion dollars in sales. I mean, yeah. but the big secret is I don't think it's really a secret, but what people don't really know. And what I found out on my way here is that a good part of that revenue, that $500 billion, is not Amazon selling the products to the customer themselves. It's actually what they call third-party sellers that are selling products. In fact, of that $500 billion, $300 billion are coming from Amazon Three. 3- sellers. That's two million plus, you know, the number could be between two to three million, but let's just call it two P sellers selling products on Amazon. Some sell their own brands that they've developed and invented, and some are selling other companies' brands. We do both, but we mostly sell other people's brands because we grew up understanding how to work with and manage um, large brands and helping them become successful in the channel that they were trying to sell in. And this is really an extension of that.
1: Fantastic. So what does it mean to be a brand accelerator? Because that's that's what you do. Is it just the idea that you are marketing and selling other people's uh, products on Amazon and other places for them? Y- yes, absolutely. You know, we'll, we'll work with a brand that is maybe selling already
2: on Amazon or other e-commerce marketplaces or not and it, it it doesn't really matter but we bring the expertise to help them in so many different areas and and for example you know an area you know could be something like the right content that's compliant with amazon you must have your you know your content your product listings compliant if you want to be found in their search you have to have the words correctly. So your product listings need to be great. The photography needs to be of certain style and the videos. Then there's the advertising on the platform. If you thought Google advertising was complex, this is a a new world uh, and it changes daily. And that's one part of it. Then there's the logistics part of it, of making sure that you are never out of stock, that you are managing products through multiple different warehouses, Amazon definitely helps, but you somebody's got to manage it all and then reconcile all that inventory and the transactions. And then you need to make sure that people find your product and get good reviews. Without a good review, and you know, sounds like you have a book out there. Mm-hmm. If you don't get, you know, four and a half to five-star reviews, people just won't buy it. I mean, they will, but think of something that, you know, a common product like an Igloo cooler. You know, people know the brand. It sounds safe. I want to buy a cooler. It's uh, $99, let's say, for whatever they were looking for. But then there's a brand that you've never heard of before. And that cooler is $79.99. But it's got 10,000 reviews, and it's 4.8 stars on Amazon. But that Igloo, it's got three and a half stars or three stars, and it's more money. Right. Uh, So what happens? unknown brand becomes a major seller. and We're not talking uh, just a few sales. We're talking if you're ranked in the top 20 top 30 of Amazon in that category, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of units a, a month. So we help make that happen. We help brands tell the story and we put our money where our mouths are. And what does that mean? We have two models. One is. We have this agency model. We do it for a fee, but really. We also buy and sell the product. So instead of a brand selling to Amazon, they would sell it to Omnichannel distribution and we would do everything and communicate all the, you know, the, the information back to the brand on a regular basis. And we treat that brand like it's our own and we build it and sell it. And we accelerate their sales. And we also protect the brand by making sure the content is great. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also work with the brands to make sure that unauthorized sellers, gray marketers and others are not listing, um, which is hard to do on their product listings.
1: Absolutely. So how do you know what types of products people should offer? Because sometimes people have ideas about what they want to offer. I want to sell it because I really like this, but the things that you like may not be the ones that are the best sellers.
2: Yeah. I mean, in fact, that's usually how it goes. It's like, don't, you know, it's great to love things, but then you got to go take a look and see what the industry and the market looks like. And we'll help um, a, a brand do that because there's plenty of software that's available and, you know, reasonably inexpensive. And some of them are, are, are free or, you know, in the trial versions and you could find out and back into the number of how big a market is, how many competitors there are, what the right price point should be. And, you could quickly determine if there's a market for it. And it's a busy marketplace, but there's definitely places for new products in multiple categories. So it really doesn't matter to us, the category. We started in tech, but we sell housewares, we sell health and beauty products, we sell irrigation products. It doesn't matter. It's just really understanding the the size and scope of that market and then all the mechanics to make that product stand out.
1: That's fantastic. How do you help people market their products online?
2: On the marketplace, we would make sure that we understand their brand with them and understand, you know, the the, the types of customers, the demographics, psychographics of the customers that they normally have. And we look at the competitive landscape and we would look at keywords and um, imagery and also the reviews that people leave on these products, and you you learn a lot from these reviews, and you make sure that you are countering those bad reviews, and to make sure that the products that you represent uh, don't have those attributes, or you can quickly you know sideline those attributes to make sure that you know that issue is covered. So really, it's the customer uh, always, and, and us trying to understand the customer's needs, wants, and what they're buying helps us work with the brand to make sure that we market that product um, correctly.
1: Yeah, we've got less than two minutes to our next break. What do you think are some of the biggest mistakes people make in their e-commerce businesses?
2: Oh, I mean, I think the biggest mistake is, we see it every day, is they want to ignore that Amazon is there. And, And I think the thing is, you must have an Amazon strategy, whether it's Whether you embrace it or not, you need to have a a strategy or your brand will be um, tarnished by some other seller or entrepreneur out there that will take advantage of it. Because if you have a product and you don't think it's going to be on Amazon, it will be, whether you like it or not. So you might as well have a strategy.
1: Fantastic. We're coming up against our next break. My very special guest is Adam Schaefer, and he is the uh, the president of Omni Channel Distribution. We're talking about Amazon selling things online, and we're going to come back after the break. And one of the first things I'm going to ask him when we come back is what are some of the red flags that can cause Amazon to block you or to prevent you from selling on their platform? And what is their role in helping? And we'll talk about customer service. We'll talk about how uh, COVID impacted their business and much more. We'll be right back. If you want to know more about how to write a non-fiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.bryankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's Briankwright.com. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is TokiNet Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone Sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at PhoneSites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's PhoneSites.com forward slash Brian. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Adam Schaefer. He is the president of Omnichannel Distribution. We're talking about buying and selling on Amazon and online platforms, starting your business. And if you have not subscribed to Success Profiles Magazine, you can go to successprofilesmagazine.com. Issue number 50 is being worked on this month. This has been going on for over four years. I'm so happy and grateful for all the support. But you can subscribe there at Success Profiles Magazine. I'd be honored if you did that. So, Adam, let's talk about starting and then selling your Amazon business because people do that because once they start a business, they may find after a while that they don't have the skill set to accelerate to a much bigger level. They might get tired of it. They want to sell it. Some people even buy and sell for the purpose of flipping businesses on Amazon. This is a very interesting world. Oh, my goodness. I'm
2: glad you brought it up. And um, and, and for those that, you know, are listening that want to start their own businesses, what I think, you know Amazon and eBay and Walmart and Shopify and BigCommerce, those are kind of direct-to-consumer um, uh, platforms. They bring a really turnkey, easy way and low-cost way for people to get into business and start their own business and become successful. And some of them start, or many of them start as like a side hustle, a side gig while they're working and experiment and learn. And then the goal is to be able to earn enough to quit your day job and make this your day job. And, and this didn't exist when I was a kid. It didn't exist when I was a, you know, a a young adult, but it exists now. And whether you're young, uh, middle-aged or old, you could start your own, you know, your your own, your own Amazon business and your own online business. So I I, I promoted, I think that it's a lot of fun and it lets you get your creative passions out there. Now, what's happened is these 3P sellers, I mentioned that there are about two plus million of them on the platform that's generating 300 of the $500 billion in revenue. Well, the interesting news is that a few years ago, that was it, you had to run your business. Amazon didn't allow you to transfer any ownership of that store. And within the last few years, that's changed, and in come these aggregators. And the aggregators are coming in and buying these private label 3P stores and rolling them up and creating much bigger stores and bringing their expertise to that business to help grow it. And so there's a chance now that you could start your business, and then maybe. a a couple of years, maybe it's two years, maybe it's five years, uh, whatever makes sense when it gets to a point where you're saying, Hey, this is too much. I really don't think I could take it to the next level. You can go and there's brokers out there that will help you sell your business to these aggregators. And you know, there's many of them and the prices that they're paying have gone up, but it's a great way to exit. And some Mm -hmm. people exit and even stay with a larger company. So, um, Billions and billions of dollars have been put into this. I'm talking billions of dollars have been put into the investment in these roll-up <clears> aggregators. <throat> um, and, and, you know, they're making the, – the bigger ones are making a lot of money. They just got to keep it up. It's a tough thing to keep that
1: growth going. But they, yeah. that's their
2: that's their job.
1: Yeah. I'm sure you've heard specific stories about people who have flipped an Amazon business and made a, a, a killing. Do you have a story like that? Oh, I mean I hear the same thing. Like and I never get
2: the real stuff, you know, the real information. But you, you mm-hmm. know, I definitely hear um, you know, some people say, Oh, you I, I got, you know, three times my revenue, but you know, I, I don't know if that would be the case. I think if you have a proprietary product that you're ranking really high and it's a clean business, you probably do really well. But I, I do think that there are you know a lot of fish stories out there big fish stories mm-hmm. but but I do think that people wouldn't be selling their businesses if they weren't happy with the payouts they were getting and and with them there's always a chance to make more money um, on these earnouts um, over a period of time so Absolutely. you know and, and there's nothing saying you have to sell it but
1: there used to not be that option and now there is yeah so for people that either are inexperienced in selling on Amazon or for people who are scaling too quickly and they get a little careless, what are some of the red flags that can cause Amazon to say, I got to stop you now?
2: Well, it's not the um, – it, it, there, there's a couple of really important things. One is you got to make sure that your store is compliant with all of the Amazon terms and conditions. If you're not compliant, there is a chance they're going to either take your SKUs down and make them not sellable or shut your store down. and you out of business for that moment in time or maybe even forever depending on what it is you've done so you need to make sure that you keep your store reviews or your ratings high in a legitimate and compliant way Mm -hmm. by providing great customer service but also making sure that when you make a shipping promise you ship that product and um it ships on time and that's why so many of us use amazon's um fba or fulfilled by amazon and um and and so with that you ship prime and most of that responsibility is over to them uh but you know what you should not do is play games with reviews and if it's a product that you're trying to get high reviews on or you store and you're trying to incent people with money amazon um who probably had a um was a little uh, more lenient or maybe wasn't as focused on it, is extremely focused on it and have thrown some of the largest players off their marketplace. So it doesn't matter if you're big or small, if you break their rules. So I guess the thing is, don't break their rules. Don't do it, it's not worth it.
1: Right, so what is your role as a company to prevent this from happening to your clients? We, We follow the terms and conditions
2: to a T. Yeah. Um, you know, even when a brand would ask us to do something, we would say, you know, that's not necessarily, you know, compliant. And here's other creative ways that would be compliant that we can help you. So we we know, you know, through, through being in the business for so long and living through, um, you know, silly things like counterfeit products, there's a lot of that counterfeit yeah. products that are out there we would be uh, you know working with a manufacturer and directly and we're the only one that's authorized to be selling that product and we're selling it for a long time and amazon will somehow suspend the SKU, the, the asin but why would that happen because somebody somewhere some rogue some evil seller maybe mm-hmm. said oh that's a counterfeit product just to mess with us just to maybe get their product on you know, who knows exactly why people do it usually for them to be able to sell their product. but you know, that happens, and um, so even when you're a thousand percent legit, Amazon could sneeze and you can get a cold, yeah, wow, and you Let, remedy that, but you but you but it, it's, it's just an annoyance,
1: absolutely. Let's pivot and talk about the experience of working with you. Um, who is your ideal client, first of all? <laughs> I, I mean, the fun clients are the ones that
2: are also passionate about their brand and understand that there's a lot of opportunity and, and there's a lot of collaboration. For me, it doesn't have to be that way, but to me, that's, that's a lot of fun. When they're into it, we're into it. But most times they're busy um, and they don't have the time for it and they're relying on us to be um, an extension of their team. And and um, and so, you know, that that's also fine, but it's always great to work with People that are passionate about their brand and get excited when you have a great month and a great quarter, um, you know it's 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 awesome. Nothing better.
1: That's wonderful. So when someone works with you, when you decide that you want to work with someone, and they decide they want to work with you, do they get a dedicated brand manager to help them, or what is their experience like when they work with you? Yeah, I mean they do. They get a dedicated brand manager. We, you know,
2: review their product or their products together and. Uh, they have a point of contact all the time, and you know we're always available. We create, you know, weekly or biweekly or monthly, uh, you know, business reviews and quarterly QBRs with them all. And um, we could be is and involved talking to them and communicating with them, or as little as they want. But we always let them know the uh, the update of what's going on with their products, their latest sales, the latest inventory. Um, you know, the amount of uh, revenue that's come in uh, and and where the products are going. So we have a pretty close relationship with all the brands we work with.
1: Great. So what is the customer experience like when people work with you? I mean, apart from having a dedicated person they can talk to, uh, customer service is very, very important to you, right? Oh, my. well, it's another, you know, there's two customers. There's
2: a brand. manufacturer that's our client or customer and then there's the thousands and thousands of people that are buying on amazon and you have to make sure that you satisfy them any of their questions frequently asked questions or not frequently asked, you have to make sure that you respond to those questions in a certain there's like a time clock and it'll turn red is that you you didn't answer this fast enough so you have to have a really good team of people that are always 24 7 watching the clock and making sure that they're getting back to folks Uh, from the client side our promise to them is to make sure that we'll take care of the customers that are inquiring or buying their products
1: absolutely how has COVID impacted your business because online buying and selling accelerated exponentially because you couldn't go anywhere so how did that help or hinder your business
2: as a company it made us a better company you know uh we all work together in, in in a in an office, and people. You know, there's some you know younger folks. There's we have a warehouse distribution area, and and so it was it was um, good to be together. But when COVID happened, we really figured out how to become a better company by working closer uh, virtually, and you know now we're back to a, a bit of a hybrid, uh, uh, you know cadence. But it really did force us to put more metrics in place. We started using EOS, which is part of, I don't know if you've read the Traction book or any of your, um, the the people you work with have, but it's kind of a methodology or an operating system to helping you manage your business. And it's about KPIs and and having, you know, they call them rocks there. Um, management of, you know, uh, business objectives. And, and it really helped us organize ourselves a lot better um, to be able to work virtually. We knew that if we were hitting our KPIs and uh, everybody was communicating, you know, at that weekly EOS meeting, or we call a level 10 meeting, um, we, we had it dialed. With regard to the business, the business exploded. Um, this it, it, did, it didn't really matter too much on the category unless you were selling, I, I don't know, like maybe... Um, outdoor signage or something, but it, but in almost every category, the business accelerated and it forced us to be a better company because we had to process that. Uh, so it was challenging and there's the ugly part of COVID that nobody likes to talk about, but it, it really did push us to become better faster.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of companies had to figure out how they were going to deal with this new reality in that moment. And those that figured it out thrived and those that didn't, didn't. We'll come right back after the break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back on the other side. I can't wait to share the rest of the show with you. We will be right back in a moment.
0: The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio.
1: If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush.
0: Radio with a Cutting Edge. It's
3: you Did you know that the breakup of a close friend's marriage can increase the chances of your own marriage breaking up by 75%? Apparently, divorce is contagious. A study on marriage and divorce spanning 32 years has now been titled, Breaking Up is Hard to Do Unless Everyone Else is Doing It Too. The Harvard University study found that divorce is like a virus, weakening the marriages closest to it. What's a word for an unhappy marriage? Hagamosis. If your sibling is divorced, you're 22% more likely to get divorced. And if most of your co-workers are divorced, you're 55% more likely to end your own marriage. Personally, I'm more of a coothery-oothery kind of person. That's someone who enjoys the closeness of marriage. In fact, if it weren't for marriage, my husband would go through life thinking he had no faults at all. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright.
1: And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Adam Schaefer, and he is the president of Omni Channel Distribution. And he helps people build and scale and even sell their amazon businesses after a while and it's an exciting industry to be in we talked about how COVID impacted his business we talked about what types of products people should offer we talked about a lot of different things and what i want to ask next is because Now we're experiencing a supply chain problem, and that impacted things at Christmas. We are now on the other side of Christmas, so I'm wondering if you're seeing a resolution of some of those issues now that Christmas is gone. But how has the current supply chain problem impacted your business, Adam?
2: Well, you know, it's definitely still there, but it's opened up a bunch. It's um, pushed freight prices higher than you can ever imagine, and uh, it's caused a lot of stress in a lot of folks' lives. But, you know, we were really, really fortunate to be able to not be affected on that part of it. You know, we lived through it. We helped clients get through it. Um, but the timeframes that it would take for products to come in to, you know, to shore from offshore, if you're buying your products from China. And once they got here, wasn't a slam dunk to get it to anybody's warehouse, especially Amazon's. It could take a much longer time And, you know, that's where we really came and helped a lot of our customers where products finally would make it to shore. Uh, But but now it's got to make the journey up. If they're going to sell it at Amazon using FBA, that could be another four weeks or five weeks or six weeks during a busy time. So Mm -hmm. when you get the products to our warehouse, um, the minute we get it here, we don't have a backlog of, you know, lots of trucks waiting to get in. It's the second it hits our dock uh, in Costa Mesa. It's available on Amazon with the Prime Medallion because we have uh, a pretty coveted medallion called Seller fulfilled Prime. And not that many sellers have that. So to be Prime, very important on Amazon. And you get that by shipping your products up to Amazon. And you, know, you pay them the freight. And the yeah. freight is usually pretty good compared to what you would pay on your own. Um, they're amazing, but having what they call SFP seller for full prime, we can ship it from Costa Mesa. Uh, or, you know, if you have Seller for full prime and you're in Ohio, it doesn't matter, but you have to have that medallion. Um, prime is on your product. It's still the two day promise or the overnight promise. And, um, and so products come in and they're now available. You just saved your partner four, five, six, seven weeks of torture and pain because they now, after that long wait to come in, We're shipping it um, prime and we're sending product up to Amazon. And when it gets up there, you know, then we'll ship more of them up there. But it's a great way to get products rolling fast.
1: Yeah, I love that. So let me ask you this. Your company has grown really fast. What do you think has been the most important factor in your company's growth?
2: You know, I think you know. Part one is is the plan and the desire of everybody to be of the same mindset that we're all, you know, focused on the same prize. We're all focused on helping customers, helping clients develop brands, be the white knights, and get to that um, billion-dollar you know business. You know, if you ask any one of our employees, they they all have the same values. Uh, they all feel the same way i mean everybody's got their own intricacies but they all know where we're going and they're all in one direction
1: that's wonderful so did getting on the inc 5000 list surprise you
2: um no no i mean you know it, it, it's um you just grow you'll get you got to grow and keep on going and you should get on that list and others over time you know in other um lives we you know we were on the the you know the um the top lists also as we grew and we just know you got to keep that growth going both you know in that case it's revenue but revenue and profit's a big deal
1: Mm -hmm, absolutely what would you consider to be the top core values in your company
2: um you know never you know never never uh never say no before you understand what the question is so it's real. it's really not it's not you know, who says it, it's what's right, um, is probably the most important because I think there's a lot of politics in in companies and our core value is to kind of take that out of, you know, the equation is that when you walk in the room or you're doing a virtual meeting with us, you know, everybody's got their ego and they want to be right, but we basically said, I don't care if it's a CEO or, you know, a line employee, if you have a good idea, let's bring it up and and, um, don't be afraid to do that. We're not going to say no. We're going to listen through it. So I think that's a huge core value. And, um, you know, a lot of it is about the energy and passion you bring to your job every day because that, you know, that spills over to everybody else. So you can't come to work. You know, one of our core values is, is uh, you know, is, is to be passionate about what we do and energetic.
1: And that, that helps a hell of a lot. That's great. How do you decide who you want on your leadership team? Because people listening – are at all levels of entrepreneurship. Some may be the CEO of larger companies, some may be solopreneurs. How do you decide who you want to surround yourself with daily?
2: Yeah, that changes over the years too. And, you know, it used to be, you know, I think everybody would love to say, I want to find people that are smarter and greater and know all these other things And I know. And I think that when you could find those people, that's great and you should bring them on because you need to keep on learning and growing. But you know it's funny over time you you, you kind of know the personalities of people. sometimes it's that person that you work with in the past that did a great job in another life with you and mm-hmm. and getting them to join you uh, again and you know rebuilding the band you know i don't know if that's ever made one of the top business books, but it definitely has helped me um, you know if, when I could bring a small core with me um, and then get some other smart folks in the room with us. It could really gel.
1: Mm-hmm. That's great. Why do you think some people achieve success and others don't?
2: Um, I, I hate to say the black cloud, that there's black clouds that follow people around. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I see that sometimes and I don't believe that. Um, I think that um, I, I think there's, a, there's a, this desire and this, um, this drive that, it, you know, it differentiates people. There's some folks that it's not important enough for, um, and and they don't want to they don't want to see it through. They're you know they'll quit early, they'll give up. And I think after you do things for a while and get the experience, you don't give up and, and you realize that there's usually mm-hmm. a way to pivot around and make it work. So I, I think it's um, it, I don't want I, I you know I don't know exactly. I wish I did, but yeah. I just think that there's the, the folks that have the drive and will figure out how to make it work no matter what.
1: Mm-hmm. And those
2: that just, you know, shut down.
1: Absolutely. Here's a question that I've been asking lately that I really, really like. What is the most expensive mistake you have ever made? It doesn't have to be financial, although it can be. It could also be a time energy thing. It could be an opportunity to lost situation. But what's the most expensive mistake you've ever made?
2: Oh, my God.
1: Wow. Um,
2: there's been a bunch and, and, and there probably is dollar signs around it um you know uh it's so funny so we were at ces the other day which was kind of a ghost town compared to ces that's the computer electronic show and uh, i bumped into a guy i knew for a long time from the old days you know and um today he sent me a picture and in the late 90s we were in an angel investment team together like as, as a fund with some folks in Silicon Valley. And there we were flying in a Gulfstream to this meeting with some pretty important at the time people and wealthy people. And uh, we were investing in some of the startups of the day like Facebook and others. And sitting there looking like a little boy was Larry Page, the founder, one of the founders of Google. Mm -hmm. And he was in our fund. And it was a small fund. It was angel investments. And I sat there and I said, oh, my, like this guy doesn't really care about revenue and he cares about the dream. And I'm, you know, an aggressive, you know, maybe I was in my 30s and I'm like, ah, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to put any more in that. That was a pretty stupid thing. I should have. I should have triple quadrupled down. What Mm. an idiot I was. I hate myself. So I do think about that and the Facebook and some of the others that, you know, at the time, these companies were great at spending money and losing money because they didn't have to make money yet and they had huge valuations. But look at them today. And um, I look back and I wish I could jump into that picture and and behave and invest more. You know, $50,000 would have made a, a
1: king's ransom today. Yeah, ha- absolutely. Here's one of my favorite topics, gratitude. How important has that been for you? My gratitude to others, for others to me. I, I, um, I, I'm, I'm grateful.
2: And when I get down and when I get sad and I don't, and I look at myself and say, why didn't I do that? Investment in Yahoo. Or Google, it, it could have changed my life. I'm happy. I'm alive, I'm well, I'm healthy, I have great kids, great family, and I do like what I do a lot, so I am grateful, and I had to stop sometimes and say, uh, I'm grateful, and I'm grateful to my mentor, who I was working with back in the early days, Um, you know, and I was quite young, and he took me under his wing and really helped me and guided me, and uh, became my best friend in the entire world, and we were about 25 years difference in age. So, uh, I'm grateful for him and I'm grateful for my, um, great family, which I never thought it would happen.
1: Great. We've got about a minute and a half to the end. Here's the question I ask everyone, Adam, who inspires and motivates you?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it was different throughout the years, but I'm going to say, you know, this guy named Peter Godfrey, who was my mentor, um, you know, the founder of, uh, of a few of the businesses that we started and worked with together. Um, he he's the guy I, I owe a lot of it to is better than a, he was like a business father.
1: Mm, that's amazing. So what are your final thoughts less than a to the end? And how can we find you? Well, we
2: would love for you to find us at omnichanneldistribution dot distribution.com. And you could email me at uh, it's really painful. Adam dot S H a F F E R. At omni distributioncom I will work on shortening the name of that, but you could also search for it on Google and you'll definitely find us.
1: Fantastic. Well, Adam, thank you so much for being here. It was a joy and a privilege to have you on the show today. Thank, thanks for having me on the show. I really enjoyed it. You're welcome. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Please join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons that we can learn along the way. Until next week, take care, everyone. Have a wonderful day. And once again, pick up my latest book, The Greatest Lessons I Learned from My Dad. It's on Amazon. It's selling pretty well, and I promise that you'll be inspired by it. Have a great week, everyone. Goodbye.